napping completely normal. Napping in your clothes, even even normaler. I would be surprised if someone got fully undressed for a nap more often than they than they just stayed dressed yeah. for a nap. It's to be fair, like this is only a, this is a very recent phenomena what, for me. I never used to do it. Yeah, or dressing. Uh, both, to be honest, depends depends how often I'm actually out the the flat for work that week. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, but no, this was this was uh. It's, I think maybe my it's my first nap in a long time. Actually, no, it's a lie. Is, this has been this this like recent spell has been the most I've napped in probably years. You should you should track those. I stats. Don't know why. You should track your nap stats and make a nice graph. And then it's <laughs> it's like how long do you nap for? What's the ideal nap length? Because Google has twenty minutes. Really? Twenty minutes. If I nap for longer than twenty minutes, you feel groggy. I just feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's so hard okay. to nap for twenty because you don't know how long it's going to take you to fall asleep. So it's hard to set an alarm. You can't yeah, be like, exactly. yeah, I'll alarm for 30 minutes. I might not sleep until like five minutes is left. Naps are, naps are tough business. I, I, like anyone out there that's napping, you do hard work. Well done, everyone that's napping. I'm proud of you all. You sound like an expert on them. Well, n- n- if I was an expert, I'd be able to set an alarm accurately to wake me up and feel good. But I, I don't think I ever do that. There's the once or twice that I've managed to sleep for just 20 minutes and it's been amazing. Are they something you do on a regular basis or is it just as just, and when you feel Just when it? I feel like I'm really tired and I'm like, no, can't be enough. bothered carrying on with this day. Let's do a quick reset. Start over. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Good morning, Britain. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Seesaw Parade. It's episode one seven eight. Believe it or not, that's a huge number. We're really we are motoring towards the the big two zero zero. Storming through these, we're gonna have it's gonna be time for another guest episode soon because apparently we do those every hundred. <laughs> that's apparently, it. Yeah, apparently so. I I'm, I believe James because we only have eighteen weeks left of the year again that's <gasps> no terrifying we are gonna fall short of our target to reach uh, 200 by the end of the year sadly yeah only only just and we all know who's to blame for that you the audience the audience indeed <laughs> you're so inconsistent right i'm colin and he is james yes i am the ever reliable james and the less reliable colin tell you what colin upon having started speaking for the first time today and probably the last few days uh i'm, I'm i've got one of them Sore throats are coming on. This isn't pleasant. <laughs> we might have to cut this one short. Four minutes. This episode's four minutes long, everyone. Do you not like talk to yourself when you're in the flat or? Yeah, all the time. I, I guess I lied right then. Sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> how can you trust us as a news source? Because we're definitely a news source. But I lie all the time. Well, so exactly. We've, we've all learned our lessons. Don't listen to us um, if you want real facts. Just listen to us if you want to have a blast and a good time. Indeed, which is what many of you do, which is which is fantastic. So thank you, everybody, who has got in touch via email, Twitter, yeah. and Snapchat. If you did indeed uh, send us something, we're at Seesaw Parade for everything. Uh, James, just to let you know, and just let the listeners know, if I disappear in the middle of the episode, or if there's like a strange edit right. in this episode, yeah, it's because the door's gone, because my new phone is arriving. Right, yeah, and... If, if it happens, then we're going to forget what we were saying before it happened. Exactly. Now, just to throw a spanner in the works of, uh, and perhaps give us a slight bias. Further spanners. My new phone is, uh, 
is a Huawei. Huawei? It's not Apple. Oh, we're sponsored by China now. Exactly. We're, we're sponsored by democracy. <laughs> so in terms of, you know, if we're talking about either Huawei in future or China, say Hong Kong, maybe just, just a suggestion, we could perhaps side with the Chinese. Yeah, if you got your tweets lined up about supporting the Hong Kong police and all that. Delete them. Delete the police? <laughs> no, delete the tweets supporting the, the Hong Kong... Protests. Uh, the, the protesters, yeah, the protesters. Nah. Yeah, sorry everyone, we're, we've been bought out because Colin bought a phone. We didn't even get paid for our opinions. Now, I know, James, you've uh, been railing against Apple being terrible for a long, long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm now in this... That I was going to say in that bath. I'm in that bath with you. Yeah, you're in the bath. <laughs> that's with me. We'll go that's not with the it. phrase. No, it's that's fine. not the phrase. Yeah, you're in the bath of everyone who doesn't <laughs> like Apple. Why did I say bath? Okay, anyway, it's a large. Bath. I'm with you on that. Yeah, you're because, because uh, mainly because this phone is terrible. It's been <laughs> less than two years. Yeah, the battery is like literally. I charged. It was 100 percent this morning. I've barely used it. I called somebody at like 11. For 20 minutes. It's on 22%. Unacceptable. And uh, when I do charge it, it has to be in like a certain position, otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I decided to... Just spend less money. Do an upgrade anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I did the, did the classic thing and said, hey, Virgin, I'm thinking of leaving. And they were like, oh, wait. I gotta go. Bye. Let's give you a special discount, which we <gasps> totally don't offer to everybody. Yeah. Uh, I managed to get a, a Huawei on the cheap. So, thanks, Virgin. Thanks, China. Yeah, thanks, China. Yeah, at least you guys own the fact that you've got slave labor. You're not like Apple who pretends you don't. Uh, it's hard to buy a, an ethical phone these days. It is. It's very difficult. It's hard to buy ethical anything. I've been trying. And just the fact that the, the online marketplace has closed down all local shops means there, is, there really isn't any options for ethical this or that. Well, exactly. What phone do you have, by the way? Well, I got a OnePlus. So that's China, but like the good guys. But they're also slave labor, but they also own it because they're China. Could could we? Is there an argument for both of us to go back to you know a Nokia thirty three ten? Oh, you know what? If if Nokia did their new phones and they were good, I'm keen. I'm going to go hard into Nokia's party. I don't want Google stuff because Google are evil. Yep. Uh, the bet the most I'll support them is using Android, which also is evil. Whereas the uh, the Nokia from Finland, right? Yeah. The Finns have never done anything offensive. Well, they they did side with the Nazis. Oh, did they? But it was, it was against Russia, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Like, <laughs> it's hard, it's hard right. to just come down on Finland for that, because Russia went for the old invade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, well, let's just leave that there. Let's uh, leave slave labour and phones behind and start. Yeah, speaking of slave labour, did you know that we have even more YouTube videos live? Uh, we do, yeah. Thank you for that, James. Yeah, I managed to actually produce one. Uh, and there's another one coming. Fantastic. Uh, there's behind-the-scenes content, things that haven't ever been heard before. Imagine. Uh, before we get into the episode, if you are new to what James is talking about, there are YouTube videos that James is using his tremendous editing skills to put together, <laughs> yes. some of which are clips from the episode, uh, you, uh, the most recent episode, plus stuff that you haven't heard, which Imagine. is what we're, we're calling pre-saw parade. Pre-saw pre-raid. Pre oh, is that what you've called it? Yeah. Okay. Pre-saw, pre-raid, uh, because usually that's, that's subject to change as I as I please. Yeah. Usually there's there's a little bit of chat that myself and James will have just to like get it going, just to get us warmed up. Yeah. And then that gets the big old chop before uh, I I publish the episodes. Yeah. So, so if you want to hear the bits that weren't funny enough to make it into the real episodes, 
Tune in on YouTube and watch my zero effort editing. Absolutely. If you if you can't get enough seesaw, get some pre-saw. Oh wow, there we go. James. Uh let's get going. Let's start by talking about the Matrix. Now this was news oh, um, very, very unexpected. That Keanu Reeves is returning to arguably his most iconic role as Neo in speed. Carrie-Anne Moss also coming back as Trinity and the Wachowski siblings are returning to write and direct The Matrix 4. Yeah. James, thoughts on this? I don't I don't want it. Really? Can we can can we cancel this plan? <laughs> okay. Just... Tell me why you say that. Well, as much as the Wachowskis have been like visionary in some ways, two out of three of the Matrix films are pretty awful in general. Uh, I would disagree with that. I'd say the last one's bad. The second one I enjoyed. We're allowed to have differences of opinion. Well, well you're wrong, but still. Yeah, no, I, but you're wrong, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway, I don't, I don't really want this revisited. I feel like they finished it. I feel like The Matrix was done. So I don't really see where they were going to... Like, if they think of something interesting and cool, great. I still probably won't care because the last one burned it for me with how bad it was. I mean, bear in mind that by the time this one does hit the big screen, it will be nearly 20 years since that since, happened. Yeah, so. since the third one, yeah. Cause third one, yeah. Right now, it's the 20th anniversary of the first one, I think. Yeah, it is. So, great. They're clearly just doing it because Keanu is popular again, though. Is that necessarily a bad thing? Yeah, I want Keanu to make original stuff. I don't want revisiting of, of old stuff. And granted, the the guy who did a lot of the stunt work for The Matrix is the guy who did John Wick, so maybe he's going to be involved. Maybe. That would be okay. There's a lot they could do to make it promising, but right now it just seems like, hey, yeah, look at all these people that are popular. Let's let's make them make money for us. Yay. What, what are you calling? You seem more keen. What makes you keen? What makes me keen is that it is a fresh take on the franchise. It's not like they've just waited a couple more years to add another one onto the franchise. It's literally been two decades since the third one. You've got the actors and the actresses who are now much older and can bring something new and fresh to it whilst introducing new characters. So I'm all for it. Yeah, it's going to be like Star Wars, the new Star Wars is, aren't we lucky Aren't Which we just I so still... lucky that we're getting another re- rebooting of an old franchise so that old cast members can be killed off one, e- one each film and new people can replace them? I mean, bear in mind that I still, I would say, enjoyed overall the new Star Wars films. So yeah. that's why I'm going to give this one a chance. I'm less, like, having, having enjoyed less and less the reboots, I, I, I'm, I'm not keen. Okay, fair but enough. But then again, it could be a Blade Runner. They could come back into this thing and, and knock it out of the park by actually trying really hard. Let's move on to talk about Spider-Man. Now, this is taking over social media at this point. <laughs> the most important no deal in the world right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Hashtag save Spidey. This is the news that Marvel will no longer be involved with the Spider-Man films after Disney and Sony failed to come to an agreement regarding the future of the character. So... Th- this also means that he won't be in any Marvel films. Well, well exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the film writes... Two Spider-Man are owned by Sony. They bought them back in 1999. Yeah. And uh, they brought in Marvel after the second Andrew Garfield film, which was terrible. Yeah. And ever since he's been involved with Marvel, the character has seen a real resurgence. Uh, He's been incredibly popular. Both uh, his performances and the films have been well-received. Yeah. Uh, 
And even the most recent film, which was Far From Home, which came out in July, uh, is Sony's highest ever grossing Spider-Man film. Yeah. May actually be its highest grossing film ever. Well done. And it was it was great fun. So this is the news then that Marvel are now done. Bye. And Sony are blaming Disney for that. Uh-huh. Um, from, from what I can see, Disney wanted a 50-50 split of the revenue, whereas... Right, because when the, someone buys something from you, you can ask them for 50% of the profits. The current split is that Marvel was getting essentially 5%. Yeah, but they got to use him in their films. Oh, precisely. Yeah. So then Sony are blaming uh, Disney and all the fan backlash has been aimed at Sony and Sony have said, look, this has been mischaracterized or uh, yeah, mischaracterized, basically yeah. misinterpreted. So, so James, what do you make of all this if this is indeed the end of, of Marvel and Spider-Man? I'm having the giggle of the year over here. This is <laughs> the funniest thing that's happened to Disney and Marvel <laughs> since, since all of this began. It is so funny how much of a effort they made to put spider-man as like the replacement for iron man yeah as the front man of the films and then sony's like okay let's carry on with this deal and then disney says no we want we want more of the money now from the ip that you own and sony says no and i think disney forgot they didn't own sony or something like that yeah i, I think disney believes they already are a hundred percent of the films that get made and the monopoly, but they aren't quite the monopoly yet. They still they haven't quite bought everybody yet, and it's just it's really funny to see. And it's a shame for the fans. It's a shame for the storylines. It's a shame for for anyone involved, really, because th- it was clearly a team that worked well. But it's all on Disney. This this is entirely their fault for asking for too much. And yeah. you know, if the if the people get the real news that you know Disney is just trying to change the deal, then maybe the hashtags will start getting aimed at Disney instead. And Disney have proven to recently cave to hashtags. <laughs> yes, they have. Which is historical for them. They never used to. So maybe maybe they will cave. Among the hashtags at the moment is boycott Sony. Which is dumb. As opposed to boycott Disney. Which we should do anyway. Okay. Sony, and from my perspective, Sony have, have been like, okay, these two films were great. Kevin Feige, who's basically got the best track record of any producer in the last 10 years... Uh, thank you very much, but we're going to take it from here. Because for Sony, Spider-Man is their diamond. It's their gem. It's what makes them money. Yeah. So why would you want to give up half the character? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. The deal makes no sense for Sony to be like, yeah, we'll give you half of all the money. Like, they own the thing. It doesn't matter who does the work, they own it. That's just, that's capitalism. This is the world we live in. (laughs) Do you expect the two sides could actually go back and make a deal now? Yeah, they might. Because bear bear in mind as well, Tom Holland has two films left on his contract. Yeah, so they probably will come to some sort of agreement and make films for everybody to enjoy. Um, the, The main issue that people are having is that this deal has taken so long to come to no conclusion that he Spider-Man has not made it into Phase 4 yet. He's in, he's in none of the plans for Phase 4. Yep. So people are worried about that, but it's just like, just quit it. They'll make good films anyway. Sony might trash Spider-Man to the ground again, but like then we'll get another good one eventually. <laughs> and we don't need we don't need the live-action Spider-Mans anyway. Look what they did with non-live-action Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse, arguably yeah. the best Spider-Man film of the last 15 years. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Um, so the fact that everyone cares so much sure it makes sense it's not surprising the fact that people care about this and they seem to think it affects their lives more than the likes of No Deal Brexit or the likes of the current president of the United States (laughs) and all the stuff he's doing the fact that this is one of the most popular hashtags in the world when we've got 
the protests in Hong Kong, we've got the war in Yemen, we've got all these things going, is is telling. It's a, it's a sad indictment of the world we live in, but also, James, is the fact that we are discussing this second on the podcast. Yeah, we're going to come to Brexit later, though, right? We will. And hopefully we give it more time. It's, it's, well, we'll see. Well, I've, I've tried to make this a bit Brexit, so well done me. Because uh, <laughs> it it's embarrassing, right? It's, this isn't going to affect anyone's life in any way. Yeah. Nobody is going to actually have any impact because they didn't get another Spider-Man film. But the likes of the government pushing through no deal for an entire nation so that their rich friends can get richer and avoid taxes is pretty big. And if we hashtagged as hard about that as we do about Spider-Man, we'd probably see change. Fair point, James. Let's move on and talk about another franchise, this one being James Bond. The 25th film is set to come out in April next year, and it finally has a title. <gasps> Yay! New James Bond film, directed by Kari Fukunaga, is called yeah. No Time to Die. Absolutely. There's no time to die, James. What do you think of this? The title is it's is James Bond enough for me, right? It, it is, it is. It makes completely no sense, and it's got the word die in it. <laughs> Are they saying this is no time to die? Like, oh no, it's it's Christmas Eve. This isn't this isn't the right he just time to this die. This is no time to die. Or he's like, I've got a dentist appointment in half an hour. This is no time to die. Yeah. Or is it like, what's the, what's the context? Man, I am in such a rush to die. <laughs> <laughs> I have got no time. To I got die. no time. I just want to get it done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so many ways you could re- you could read this. Oh, yeah, so that's exactly it. It's, very, it's like abstract and dumb, so it's perfect for a James Bond film. And it's got the word die in the title. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, James, that's that's fair enough. That's short and sweet. Um, I see they released the synopsis as well. Oh, they did? I didn't see that. Would you like to would you like to hear it? Yeah, let me let me hear this. Here we go. So Daniel Craig stars as James Bond who's relaxing in Jamaica when his old friend Felix Leitner, <laughs> played by oh, wow. Jeffrey Wright from Westworld yeah uh, turns up asking for help <gasps> the mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected leading Bond onto the trail of mysterious villain Rami Malek armed with dangerous new technology right, did they not actually give him his name yet uh, he doesn't have a name yet no uh, me- yeah, he's maybe been, because it's he's a spoiler not been, that's not been spoiled it's not been revealed and uh, yeah in terms of the script writers there are five one of w- one of whom is uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge which is awesome I mean it sounds it sounds like a, a spy movie and also Christoph Waltz is officially in it yeah 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 so like Mr. Bond gets to chill at a beach in Jamaica so we all get the you, know, you get another swim scene we get we get a topless Bond that's that's part one check done it's an official Bond film great and then spy stuff happens that's the rest of the film well done they did it it sounds like it could be better than the other ones purely because it's got Malik in it, but they look what they did no, to Christoph Waltz. Well, precisely, yeah. So I'm not yeah. going to, I'm actually not keeping my hopes high for this at all, even when I see a trailer, because I know how good the trailer looked for Spectre and how hyped we it were did. for that, and then yeah. how bad the film was, or rather how much of a letdown it was. Yeah. Right. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's talk about one final. So yeah, we'll come back to more of that some other week. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, one final franchise uh, to look at. This is Fast and Furious Nine, which is still in its casting stage, which has now cast Michael Rooker. Which you may be unfamiliar with the name, but you'll know his face. He's in The Walking Dead, and he also plays Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, cool. A cool dude. A very cool say. dude, James. Uh, James, what do you think about this? Like he's a he's a good actor. He does he does that one role very well in lots of different <laughs> things. 
And he, he genuinely does. He, no, yeah, he does. I'm with you on that. He's someone that you kind of hate, but you kind of like at the same time. And then you eventually are like, okay, I like you. Um, so I'm, I expect them to just do the standard Fast and Furious thing with him. He's going to be either some new good guy to be good pals with or the new bad guy who eventually they team up with. So I'm not sure because, as we talked about before, this franchise is bringing back... It always just brings back its villains from the previous film and whether or not they're good guys or they're still bad guys kind of changes depending on how the film goes. Yeah. So I'm unsure if, considering the fact Charlize Theron was the villain last time, and that's a pretty big name, Michael Rooker's not in the same category as she is in terms of a high-profile villain. So I'm is thinking... Is just going to be like the, the new mechanic? Yeah, he might, just, he might just be like a secondary dude or... Some sort of heavy or like a, a boss halfway through the film. He's going to be the inside man. They're going to have this new mechanic and it's going to be Mr. Rook and he's going to do like the oil changes and stuff. <laughs> then he's secretly he's secretly working for the bad guy. Surprise. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> no, he's good. It's good to see him in films. Okay. Before we talk about uh, Brexit, the backstop and Donald Trump on Hong Kong, a uh, couple more pieces of movie news uh, and TV news to analyze, starting with... The first TV show that Apple TV yeah. will be putting out uh, when they launch in November. Now, this is a, another just before we uh, play the trailer for The Morning Show, which we'll talk about. <laughs> Apple TV and Disney Plus have both announced they're launching in November, but that is only in the States. Oh, no. However, am I going to watch their stuff now that I really definitely wanted to? They are yet to give a UK launch date, but that's expected to be 2020. James, before we talk about uh, this trailer, let's have a listen. Your words spoke to America. People are noticing they want more. Watching a beloved woman's breakdown is timeless American entertainment. I just need to be able to control the narrative so that I'm not written out of it. Is the undisputed you stole my life. You left me in the woods with a pack of wolves. You just think I'm gonna do this? This chair could be yours. Which which super exciting part of this trailer are you going to pick? <laughs> I don't know, James. It's just so full of fun cliches and great lines. This is Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, yeah. uh, Mark Duplass, yeah. and somebody else I'm missing. In like the most corporate trailer oh my ever. it looks like it's like an hr department made it <laughs> okay all right before before i give you a wow you with another fact <laughs> let me know what you thought of this it looks it looks like it looks like the trailer for a work ethics course and what like how how not to treat your co-workers it, no it's just so boring none of it's interesting i i i can't believe how much money they've sunk in to make something right. look so Dry. So before you go any further with that, let me just say it's rumored that Apple have spent 150 million Ow. on this first season, and Ow. they've already shot a second season, 300 million for two seasons of TV, and it's just based in a TV studio. It's not like it's Game of Thrones. Yeah, they they didn't even have to do a do a reshoot of it or a re a redesign. They just like picked up a new studio or like a, a giant battle in the dark. It's just a new studio. It's a house. It, well, it's because they've paid like the acting fees will be huge these are huge names yeah they, so they've paid jennifer aniston and reese witherspoon 1.25 million each per episode what <laughs> yeah. to just like sit there and look dead in your eyes and say dumb lines about things <sighs> oh man yes well precisely like, yeah they are 
phoning it in so hard. And like maybe they're actually trying to do the dramatic role and maybe I'll like have sympathy for them if I ever see this thing and be like, okay, they tried their best of these dumb lines, but it's just so dry. No, I agree. I agree with you. Like this is, this is clearly overdone in terms of pre-production corporate involvement. I also feel like I've seen this show about 10 times. I'm pretty sure I've seen the film. Yeah, well, exactly. In, in different guises, with slightly different casts, slightly different plot synopsis. Sorry, it's Billy Crudup is the third uh, big name I was missing. He plays yeah. the classic... I mean, I really like Billy Crudup, but he plays the same slimy lawyer in every single thing I've ever seen him yeah, in. Yeah, this time he's like slimy news TV executive. Last time in, he was in Spotlight was the last big thing I saw him in, in which he played a slimy lawyer, and this time he's yeah. basically doing the same thing. Anyway... This trailer is is just the same film and the same TV show based about TV shows that I've seen in the past with a little mix of 2019 thrown in. Yeah, oh, here's the new person that everybody adores fixing the show and putting people in their place. Wow. Yep. I don't know. I'm not surprised that this is Apple's first show. It's the most safe thing I've I've seen this year. Stale, boring, and I don't care. Yeah, and I'm sure it will get really good reviews from all the Actually, websites that they pay to give them good reviews. I'm unsure about that. We'll, we'll wait and see. Well, Apple are going to pay people more than anything to review this show well. They'll, they're they're going to pay gaming websites to review the TV show. Do you think we can, we can get them to pay us as well? Maybe they'll send me a new iPhone. I well, you know what. Once we get that website live, which I've been promising for centuries Literally now, four years. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when we start actually posting our reviews there, which we've been promising for centuries now, uh, <laughs> we can start making people pay us to give them good reviews. Okay, before we move on, let's talk about uh, links to Hong Kong. Uh, and the new Disney reboot of the film Mulan, the live-action reboot. There have now been calls to boycott the film after the main star, Liu Yaifei, tweeted her support for the Hong Kong police. Yeah, Hong Kong police have been caught on video torturing people Yeah, that they've got in custody, you know. So using, she, she used the, she wrote something and then she used the hashtag, I stand with the Hong Kong police. James, in terms of like a, a scale of... <laughs> One to ten, this was a terrible idea. Where, where does this sit? You see, it's just about who you're trying to please here. If you're trying to please most of the free world, it's pretty much on the zero end of the scale. <laughs> if, you're try- if you're trying to please uh, China in general, yep. uh, you know, the, uh, the regime there, uh, the authorities, you're probably going to get invited to a fancy dinner for that hashtag. So it's, it's just, what's her goal? I don't know. What do you think is going through her mind at this point? Do you think she's thinking about the, the film or is she thinking about, I don't know, just her own views? I, I don't know why she felt need to do this because I want to say it was pressure from from you know China, but she doesn't, she lives in America, right? She's Yeah. She's, she's not in any danger of if she doesn't share the views that they want her to. So who knows, maybe this is her actual view and maybe she's misinformed and has been told by people, hey, look at all this dumb stuff that Hong Kong protesters are doing. You know what, maybe she's got investments in places in Hong Kong that are losing huge amounts of money because maybe the more days go on, the more super wealthy Hong Kongers are coming out to say, please stop protesting. I'm making less money. Okay, well, we're going to go back to the, the Hong Kong protests yeah. uh, later. James, have you been watching anything this week? Uh, well, no, and it's not purely just because I'm boycotting Disney and everything Disney produces, but also because I haven't watched anything in general. So, Oh, fair enough. I've not finished anything. Nothing to report. Sorry, everyone. Okay, let me give you uh, two options. Yeah. One... 
being Quentin Tarantino's latest movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. or the new Seth Rogen-produced gross-out comedy, Good Boys. Good Boys. Okay, Good Boys is a very entertaining, funny film. One of the very few funny comedy films I've seen this year. Oh, It stars Jacob Tremblay, who you may recognise from Room and a host of other uh, award-winning stuff. And he plays one of the three good boys, Keith L. Williams, uh, who has one of the standout performances of the year, despite being, I think, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And Brady Noon, who uh, completes the trio of lovable sixth graders who uh, are determined to get to a kissing party. Right. Right. and that's, in terms of the cast, that's essentially it. There's a couple of uh, supporting characters here and there. Uh, Stephen Merchant shows up at one point oh. as um, a, a next-door neighbour looking to buy what the kids think is a blow-up CPR doll. Ah, yes, it is. But in terms of, like, did I enjoy the film? Yes, very much. It actually, at the very end, was very touching. Okay. And what makes the film work is the fact that it, is very relatable. You know, the kids are pretending to be, you know, tougher than they are and know mm-hmm. more than they do. Mm-hmm. And But in reality, they're just kids. And what works is that the things they say, uh, the things they do resonated with me and I'm sure resonated with the audience. Yeah, I mean, because very often these are things that we definitely did when we were kids, but we still also just do today. Yeah. We're all fake. Everyone's <laughs> fake. Yeah, harsh reality from James. <laughs> the, where the film falls down a little bit, is right. in where they're perhaps like pushing it just too hard, like pushing the prof- the profanity and the uh, swear words just a little bit too much. You're saying, well, I don't think that was necessary. Oh, yeah. Things can be funny and then they can be overdone. So, so it's not like it's offending you, it's just boring. It's done, when it's done effectively, it's very, very funny. But when it's just swearing for the sake of swearing, yeah. I'm saying, I don't care. Why am I, why am I watching this? Uh, but overall, yeah. really good uh, fun. Really did enjoy it a lot. I would give that a solid, solid seven, maybe an eight. Oh, wow. So it's a final question. How, how good are these boys? Oh, they're fantastic. Well, in terms of acting, oh. phenomenal. Well, what about in terms of the characters? Yeah, they all have their own individualities. And oh, they're all very okay. different. They sound good and rounded. And it's also, I'm, I'm sure Seth Rogen and co. had this in mind, prime material for a sequel. There is no surprise at all. The cynic in me raises my eyebrow and sighs a little bit and dies a little bit inside. But at the same time, you know, it's going to make a lot of money on a very small budget. I'm, I'm still just a wee bit disappointed it's not about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I see, if I saw that title, I... I would just want it to be very dogs. Okay, you know? yeah, fair enough, right? Let's talk about... Maybe that'll be the sequel. It's just the same, <laughs> but with dogs. Let's talk about the new Quentin Tarantino film, which I saw Congrats. last week. Now, this is Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, uh, as the main trio set in Hollywood around the time of the Manson murders. Yeah. And as expected, it's a slightly different look at how things could have been. Yeah, uh, with these two fictional characters, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie, who is playing the real-life actress, Sharon Tate. Right. Let me just say, first of all, I did really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It, in my opinion, is one of Tarantino's weaker films, oh. mainly because, and this is simply just my own opinion, it lacks the same drive as his other films, which, for example, The Hateful Eight or Inglorious Bastards or Django Unchained, it was going somewhere. You, right. you could see where the film was going or where it was taking you. Whereas Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really meanders for about right, two yeah, hours. It's yeah. more of a character study than a, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen to the big finale. Okay. 
Right. So there's there's not like so you you know there's you always know in a Tarantino film there's going to be at least one huge big thing happen, which there is at the very probably end. more than a few. So you're saying like it lacks like you don't you don't see all the different pieces pointing towards that like you usually well, do. Well, no, it's so so what you what happens to the characters in the film. Or is simply that they're things that happen to the characters with no real correlation to what happens at the end. Oh, okay. Because of course, yeah, that's a bit different. The final act is classic Tarantino, and once, perhaps in a later review, somewhere down the month, uh, somewhere down the line, um, after maybe you've seen it or some of our audience has seen it, I would like to discuss more fully the final act, which, in my viewing, had the cinema in stitches, myself included. Right. But it's just classic Tarantino, just over the top, ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But you knew, like, you knew it was coming. Yeah. But they didn't build. But it. the two, but the two hours, yeah, the two hours preceding that certainly don't build up to yeah. it. It's just certain things that happen to the characters that show their development or their growth as people. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of a well acted film, it's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, give give Brad Pitt all the awards. He is just first class. Margot Robbie is in a lot of the film. Doesn't have a lot to say. Let me just say at this point. There is an inordinate amount of feet in this film. Well, that's not surprising. It's Tarantino. So I was unaware of this. Yeah, no, he's got a thing for feet. It's creepy. Right. Up until this movie, I had been unaware of it. It gets to the point where the audience, like, and the cinema started laughing because they were like, why is there so much bare feet yeah. in this film? Like, people people putting their feet up in the cinema with their shoes off, or people putting their feet up against the windscreen yeah. of a car, or people putting their feet up well, in the chair, and, and I, on a chair, and people are, and the camera is focusing on the feet as opposed to the face, and I'm saying, what is what is he yeah. doing here? I reckon that's a deliberate move. Why? So, when I say his, his foot, his, his <laughs> I don't want to call it a fetish, but it is... <laughs> A foot fascination. In previous films, it's come across as just this slightly creepy edge. I'm not, I'm not saying that people who are into feet are creepy, but Tarantino made it creepy in his previous films. I reckon this one is his attempt to own that. Because this film was supposed to be like a callback to all his previous works in different ways. Like a celebration of himself, pat himself on the back. So okay. if he's overdoing the foot thing, it might be deliberately... A deliberate move purely because of that he like everybody knows this is his thing so he's like ha guys check it out self-referential foot shots okay right so just to sum up it's good it's not his best right it's definitely now it's for me it's definitely near the lower end of his films yeah i still really enjoyed it performances are great finale is just classic tarantino and i did enjoy the finale uh and too much feet right yeah, no, I do like Tarantino's work when most <laughs> when it's like all the pieces are getting put into place to add tension and tension and tension and tension and then eventually everything just explodes. So, like, it could be great. I like character studies too. So it is interesting to hear that you went in a different direction. I'll, I'll watch it, I hope, eventually. Right, James, should we talk about Brexit? Let's do it. Okay. And specifically the Irish backstop. So this is the news <laughs> that the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson in... News we've talked about before. Yep. Once the backstop gone. Ah, uh, yep. And the EU have said no, it's not happening. Wow, I'm so surprised. I didn't. I, and here we and here we are again. We haven't been like calling this every week since he took charge, or since like the months that built built up. Yeah. To so it. The, the only difference now is that Boris Johnson is on his way to meet the German Chancellor Angela Merkel to discuss this. Yeah. It's going to be a very short conversation. It's just so. It's just so stupid. It's so obvious that his goal isn't to actually 
get the backstop removed. His goal is to say on the news in two weeks' time, well, we tried our best, everyone, but the EU just doesn't want to negotiate. When this isn't a negotiation, we came to a deal. The deal is closed. It just doesn't make sense. And everyone's going to forget that. Everyone's going to forget we came to a deal. The EU allowed us an extension to get that deal through Parliament, not to renegotiate the deal. Yep. Uh, but Boris is going to, like, he's going to do all this really dumb stuff, like saying that the backstop is has to be removed and everything else that he's doing and saying, which there's another one we'll talk about in a wee second. And then he's just going to use it as like this patriotic fluff so that he can get the support of everyone who doesn't actually care and read into it but just wants Brexit to happen no matter what. Right, so 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 as a reminder, you believe he's doing this simply as a way to rally support and say, look at the EU, they're telling us what we can't do. Yeah, a couple of weeks time he's going to be talking about how undemocratic the EU is for enforcing us to have this backstop deal and the deal that we agreed to. How dare they make us have democracy like we did? Because we, we agreed to the deal. We agreed to the backstop forever ago. This, none of this has been any any sort of tyrannical, yeah. but he's going to try and pretend it is. So tell me then, what is the other suggestion that uh, BJ has come up with this week? Yeah, so quite a lot of the pushback against the backstop being talked about at all is the fact that Boris Johnson and his, and his leaders under him uh, are not coming up with any alternate suggestions aside from like technology Yay. and all these things that aren't really... They don't have a plan. So the plan that they are going to release and come up with, but has been kind of a wee bit leaked, but not really leaked, is being discussed, but without Boris talking about it, is that he wants Ireland to join in Brexit for a wee bit, to leave the EU and join Britain until we figure out the border problem. And of course, Ireland said, what have you been smoking? That's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's just like, I, I, I think... And it's the only reasonable solution, aside from the whole thing that I said earlier on, that Boris Johnson might actually believe that Ireland's a part of the UK. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised if we surveyed, like, the leadership of the Conservative Party and all the Conservative members, and it came back with a majority of people saying Ireland is a part of the UK. Okay, let's move on and talk about someone else who's clearly mistaken, the US president who believed Greenland was for sale. In terms of things I thought we'd talk about in the podcast this year, James, this was uh, not one of them. This is an absolute cracker. You've got to wonder what he's trying to distract us from this time. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we've talked about before how Trump loves to steal the headlines, and this has absolutely done the trick. So he has now cancelled... His state visit to Denmark. <laughs> Cancelled it. Because Denmark told him, we're not selling you Greenland, you absolute muppet. Greenland Greenland actually responded to say they wanted to buy the US. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they said that if Trump's included, they want the price to be lower. So essentially, Trump had suggested the US was interested in buying Greenland, which is... Not, for the, not the first time the US has been interested in buying Greenland, okay, to be fair. Right, so it's an autonomous Danish territory gets two-thirds of its yeah. budget from the Danish government. Yeah. Uh, the Danish Prime Minister, Mette Frederiksen, described the suggestion <laughs> as absurd yeah. and said she hoped Mr. Trump was not being serious. Yeah, but he was. But he was. He was serious. <laughs> because he's cancelling the state visit because Greenland's not on the table. <laughs> I don't... I honestly... Like, this is the height of pettiness. You cancel the state visit because they won't sell you part of their land. They won't discuss selling Greenland. It's so funny. Like, Honestly, don't get it at all. Maybe he saw the Boris Ireland chat and, and he heard rumours about this thing that Boris is going to start say about Ireland joining in Brexit. And he's like, nah, I can't let Boris be the dumbest. 
They got to cancel state visits for stupid things like trying to buy Greenland. So, so Trump had earlier confirmed reports that he was interested in buying it. <laughs> and when he was asked on Sunday if he would consider trading a U.S. territory for the island, he replied, well, a lot of things could be done. And essentially, oh, wow. it's a large real estate deal. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a real estate deal at the end of the day. And then on Monday, he posted an image on Twitter showing a tall golden skyscraper among the homes of a small village on the island with the caption, I promise not to do this to Greenland. All right, because I, I, I only saw that as like a meme about what happens when Donald Trump buys it. No, he actually tweeted that himself. Oh, nice. Well done. That's, a bit, that's owning the meme a wee bit, but it's just so stupid. Like it, it feels pretend. I've said this about Trump's leadership so often. Like it just feels pretend that he can. Like it's fine if you want to say I'm interested in buying Greenland. Great. If you want to cancel a state visit because you can't buy Greenland, you're a child. It was also the uh, Danish Conservative MP Rasmus Jarlov who tweeted. Uh, as a Dane and a conservative, it's very hard to believe. For no reason, Trump assumes that an autonomous part of our country is for sale, then insultingly cancels the visit that everybody was preparing for. Are there parts of the US for sale? Alaska. I mean, I'd buy Alaska. Can I buy Alaska? <laughs> I'd so would I. I mean, technically the US bought Alaska from Russia in the first place, so there is a precedent for it. Like the US buys a lot of land from different people. Just, oh... Unbelievable. You know, it's, it's so strange. But, like, I can't remember what news has broken out in the past week that he's trying to distract us from. Nothing, I don't think. Like, the Epstein stuff hasn't refreshed and brought Trump nope. back into it yet. Um, that's the biggest thing I can think of. So, who knows? Maybe, like, tomorrow there'll be something, but he'll tweet about it again. Okay. He'll remind us that Denmark isn't real. Right, James, time is up. Let's talk about Hong Kong. Uh, lastly, we've talked about it briefly already. There was a huge... Uh, violence-free protest at the weekend. Organizers said 1.7 million people were there, whereas the so Hong people. Kong authorities said it was about 100,000. So make your own mind up. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. It probably was only 100,000 then, right? And now we're at the stage where the UK Foreign Office is expressing concern over reports <laughs> oh, yeah. that a Hong Kong consulate's employee has gone missing at the Chinese border. Right. Sorry to laugh, but let's pause there. The UK is expressing concerns... Yep. Oh dear. If they, if China doesn't stop, we might start like expressing fears. I know, man. Oh wow. How really are we deal with up? it when we start expressing fears? Oh boy. We might start calling them maybe not good people. Oh. The UK is such a coward. We're so we're, everyone's everyone's cowards. Like we don't want to have a having a disagreement with China because things will get a bit more expensive for us. Yeah. So we'll just like pretend none of this is happening and be concerned about things. So this is uh, the news that Simon Cheng, who's thought to be from Hong Kong, uh, has been missing since August the 8th. And uh, the British Embassy in Beijing is providing support to his family. So apparently he was detained whilst returning to Hong Kong from Shenzhen. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the last he's been heard of. Yeah, so he texted his girlfriend to say, crossing the border now, and then texted again a wee bit later to say, pray for me. Well, that's concerning. So, like, who knows? If I was crossing a border, I would say jokingly pray for me, but in the situation he's in, it can be taken very, very seriously. And it's just kind of anyone that's expressing um, positivity or positive um, um, thoughts towards the Hong Kong protesters are kind of getting rounded up a wee bit. And trying to get hush-hushed. And China's trying to make us all hush-hush. And China paid Twitter to 
push out adverts that supported the Hong Kong police. Well, to be fair, Twitter shut those down. Yeah, they still did it. <laughs> they still like China reached out to a company that that they can't that can't access China. You can't get on Twitter in China, but still, they deemed it worthy of paying for adverts. It's crazy. Oh, the whole situation's huge and a mess, and there's just so much going wrong in the world, and we're all like, but what about Spider-Man? <laughs> and what a way to end. James, how do people get in touch if they would like to express their concerns over the direction of Cecil Parade? Yeah, if you've, if you've taken offence to anything we've said, let us know. The email is <laughs> Cecil Parade. We'll, we'll reply, um, maybe. Uh, now we will. Yeah. Um, but you know, if if we've missed if we've missed whatever the cover up that Trump's doing right now is, please actually let us know because I have missed it, and he clearly is covering something up by being dumb again. Um, so at Seesaw, not Seesaw Parade for Twitter, at Seesaw, no, just regular Seesaw Parade for, for Snapchat, Seesawparade at gmail dot com for emails. Just, just get in touch, everyone, and watch the YouTube videos. Yes, please do, and thank you very much. For listening. They don't take me a lot of effort, but they take a long time to render. James, thank you for joining me. I will see you once again next week. Yeah. Cheers. Cheerio. Cheerio, Colin. Bye. Goodbye, listeners. And bye-bye, Spoderman. Goodbye forever. Please. (laughs)